Hello everybody and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 263 with our review of The Counselor. I'm Christopher Schnazy. I'm Carson Patrick. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, Carson Patrick and I are going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week we have a review of The Counselor. So, Carson, how you doing? I am doing well. How about yourself? Uh, not too bad. This the, the that that intro was almost really rocky for me. I, like, oh no! I was like, I was trying to look at. I, I was looking at the website where the last episode we posted was two sixty two, and I was like trying to mentally add one to it, but continue to <laughs> read two sixty two, and uh, from there on out, it just it was like just ready waiting for me to totally mess that up. That's what happens when you do too much cocaine. That, I mean, that definitely, definitely is. That or uh, when you hide inside like a barrel of formaldehyde inside <laughs> of a septic tank. Hey, at least you got into America, okay? <laughs> You're here now, and yeah. Yeah, the way I got out was a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> Getting back in was uh, not the most fun. You know what? That's how I got my, uh, that's how I got my grandpa into the States. <laughs> in a formaldehyde tank? <laughs> <laughs> I just realized you are trying to transition. <laughs> I was gonna say that's when you're like, oh, speaking of grandpas, <laughs> yeah, speaking uh, of, yeah, is your grandpa also bad? Another f- <laughs> well, he's a little bit of a jackass. I'll <laughs> I'll just say that. All right. Well, well, my my inability to pick up on your attempted transition <laughs> aside, uh, I did not see the film Bad Grandpa this weekend, um, but Carson, you did. So why don't you uh, let us know whether that was a bad decision on your part? Well, we were gonna review it, and then uh, yeah, you didn't see it, but I I said that. I don't know if there'd be a whole lot to discuss because um, it really like was barely a movie. So, um, but I mean, I, I didn't hate it. Like I'd probably give it a wait for rental. Um, it's worth seeing probably most likely at home. Like, um, cause it, it really wasn't anything more than what you've seen in the previews. Like if you've seen the trailer, like I, most of the best gags are there. Yeah. Um, there are like some other funny gags and stuff. Like I I did laugh quite a bit, but there were a lot of moments in between all the laughs where it was like just completely dead and it really dragged. And, um, cause unlike the Jackass movies, there was, you know, they were trying to like thread a narrative into this one amidst all the real life pranking. So it was kind of weird because uh, I just, none of it really gelled because like, they had all like the you know secret cam like candid camera type of footage that you usually get with like the jackass pranks and then like it would after that after one of those would end it would go back to like this narrative but it was still shot in the same sort of candid way so it was weird it like wasn't it just didn't really flow and um i mean i i've enjoyed all the jackass movies like i like I have no problem admitting like those were all hilarious yeah. and um, very entertaining. But like, I felt like the, the momentum that you get like watching a Jackass movie or even like the TV show was that, you know, there's just like one thing after the next and you're like constantly laughing and being entertained. And this was like, there was a, there was a gag and then it was just like dead air and then a gag. And then like, it just, it never really flowed. So yeah. Um, but like the little kid was funny and, um, like Johnny Knoxville was great. Like, I mean the, the best 
part about the movie was the old man makeup like it, it was like legitimately good like i i was joking kind of to my girlfriend before the movie i was like yeah like that old man makeup looks better than like the stuff in j edgar yeah to um, a- anything like the back to the future makeup from the original back to the future film <laughs> <laughs> from like back to the future 2 or something yeah yeah like all all, yeah. all that looks better i mean that was than... supposed to be a little that was supposed to be a little more comical but like for a movie like j edgar where it was like completely dramatic and you know they were it was supposed to be like a, a serious you know a thing and and they were supposed to you know being portrayed as old people like it just did not you know come off that way yeah but like the the makeup yeah. in that they use on knoxville to make him old like is really really well done like uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they got like some kind of Oscar nomination for the makeup. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, it's that good. And like at the end, like when the movie's over during the credits, they show him, you know, in the makeup chair getting made up. And it's just like it's a huge difference, you know, like a yeah. huge, huge transformation. So um, that is like pretty exceptional that, you know, a movie of that ilk of that, like kind of low budget quality could have much better quality makeup than some of the you know high budgeted dramas that you see cool well the sum yeah i was just gonna say this to sum up you basically you're saying that it, it might be worth a rental sometime but uh yeah like i mean if it shows up on like you know hbo or whatever or you know you, you need something a red box like then yeah that's then go for it but i wouldn't like rush out to see it in theaters yeah, no, I, I feel you. Like, I, if I was going to watch it, it was going to have to be, like, a, a really late showing. And I was like, um... Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it wasn't bad, but it just... It could have been a lot funnier. Yeah. All right, well, uh, that is bad, Grandpa. But uh, what we're really here to talk about is a film, The Counselor. And I don't know if you remember this, Carson, but uh, back when we first, you know, when I first brought you in... To the fold for the podcast i told you i was like now carson if you take this podcasting trade you will eventually come to moral deci- decisions decisions <laughs> that will take you completely by surprise and uh one of those is reviewing this film so yes that's exactly what you told me uh, as we sat down and watched uh um the film prince of persia <laughs> was that the first one you reviewed that was the very first movie oh dear god what, what episode we sat down do you remember what episode that was? What number rounds? I only remember the number because it was 69. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, but that, because that, that, we're, we're like, what a great number to get initiated on 69. <laughs> um, well, there you go. So, so anyways, it, the joke would have been funnier if I could deliver the line without freaking messing it up. But oh, well, it, it, it was clear, clear enough. Yeah, it was good. J- just because I stutter and mumble my words and uh, have problems, I swear I'm not drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but anyways yes we're here to see talk about the counselor we already saw that we're going to be reviewing it we're, and, we're gonna uh, counsel we're gonna counsel you I, I, the it sounds like i need counseling the, the counsel you the listeners if oh, yeah, you, you should see this movie or not yes yes so let's do that before i keep just rambling on we're going to take a listen to the trailer for the counselor and then come back and give you a review I intend to love you until I die. Me first. (laughs) 
learn. You will eventually come to moral decisions that will take you completely by surprise. If your definition of a friend is someone who will die for you, then you don't have any friends. Want to know how much it's worth? No. <laughs> you really don't, do you? I really don't. You won't see it coming. You've been bad. All right, so that was the trailer for The Counselor. Uh, this film is about a, a man who is, uh, you know, getting involved in a, uh, you know, shady business. Uh, and he's a, he's a counselor. Yeah, he's, he's a counselor. <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, you know, shady businesses often go awry and shady things happen to a lot of people. Um, and yeah. This is a film just sort of about what happens when you get in over your head and uh, when other people are the ones who knock. <laughs> when you <laughs> when you mess with, like, Mexican drug cartels. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. So. Ne- never good. No. Carson, why don't you uh, get into this film and let us know whether uh, you liked it or not? Well, um, I... Uh, I'll first off, I'll say that uh, uh, when I walked out of this movie, uh, I felt uh, equal parts. Uh, I was equal parts excited and also uh, exasperated because one, uh, like, I like I was excited for the movie, but then I was exasperated because I was like, I knew I know Chris hated the shit out of this. <laughs> So, uh, I think I can throw out that, uh, uh, there is definitely, this is definitely this year's Killing Them Softly. Um, (laughs) I, I, I will, without, without getting in any, without actually saying anything, I will say that there are many times during the course of watching this film that mm -hmm. I compared it in my head to Killing Them Softly. Okay. Um, Yeah. I can see that. Um, I I will keep it secret to myself, whether that was in a positive or a negative light. Well, I'll say this. Um, the reason I brought up Killing Them Softly, not just because there was a huge uh, dividing uh, score on that between us, um, and it also was a, a very divisive movie between uh, critics and audiences, um, this one definitely has uh, didn't have the critical acclaim of Killing Them Softly. It's got like a 33% or something on Rotten Tomatoes. Ouch. Um, but it definitely did not score well with uh, regular moviegoers. So, uh, but but the main thing that I, I feel like it felt very killing them softly to me is because both movies deal with sort of like, well, first of all, both movies are highly unconventional, and they both sort of deal with the mundane aspects of like illegal activity, and um, like where killing them softly kind of approaches the gangster world, crime world, with sort of that, like, laid-back, low-key look into, like, the the behind-the-scenes of it all. Um, The Counselor is sort of the same view into, like, drug cartels, drug trafficking, and, uh, you know, greed, and all this, like, horrible stuff that happens down at the Texas-Mexico border, and... uh, this and they both star Brad Pitt, so you know there's a good connection. There you go. But but um, yeah, like I I 
I, you know, because like I was hearing all these things that like you know it, it like wasn't being screened very much and like the the low rating on Rotten Tomatoes I was like man has Ridley Scott lost his mind like I don't know because like I was really excited to see it I mean especially with everyone who's in it and like all the talent behind it and uh, obviously it's it's like the first original screenplay by Cormac McCarthy now I've never read any of his books but uh, I have had friends tell me that he is a very uh, He's kind of he's a very verbose writer, and if you've seen this movie, you'll know uh, exactly why. And there's a lot of things where uh, they say if you read like a McCarthy novel, like you can read a, a sentence like ten times and you still won't know like what the hell it says. <laughs> um, so he, he and I know like I've always known that like he deals with like <clears throat> like he's always like his characters are always very like reprehensible, and it's always about like you know, uh, like, American greed and, like, you know, uh, heroes not, you know, winning and stuff. It's just, like, just horror, like, grim stuff, you know, yeah. just grim subject material and lots of lots of really hard-hitting violence. And, uh, I mean, for me, this was, like, this was just, like, a completely awesome movie to watch because it was just, like... It was almost like it was as close to giving like a finger to like regular moviegoers as you could possibly get because <laughs> is it, there's nothing in this movie like it, it, this makes killing them softly look like World War Z like completely accessible <laughs> to to anyone you know who's like the average Joe Blow like yeah I like zombies like that it that's what it makes that movie feel like because this is an extremely like just wordy. Uh, it, I wouldn't even call it a thriller, but it's his take on a thriller, which is, um, you know, just people sitting around, mostly philosophize. Everyone's a philosophizer in this movie, and they're giving kind of like their, you know, takes on everything. And like, there's a lot of like metaphors spoken and all this kind of like very heady dialogue and stuff. And I will, I will admit, like, there were scenes where they ended, and I was like, I don't know what the hell just happened, but, you know, it sounded cool. Um, but I, I feel like there is, I mean, it just makes everything so dense. It, it really does feel like a rich movie, at least, at least it more rich than like, like a conventional take on this kind of movie would be like, I, I, I mean, I loved all the stuff where we're getting like the, like I said, sort of the mundane aspects of illegal activity. Like we get to see like that entire, like drug trafficking like take place like from its you know start to its destination and like all of that was like really fascinating to me and like i loved how like they just didn't give you any kind of real backstory or explanation as to why like michael fassbender is i mean we we kind of get the sense that like maybe he has money problems but he's probably just greedy like he's just a greedy bastard and wants to make more money so that's why he gets involved in this drug deal with javier bardem and uh you know it's all very seedy but it's not like spelled out for you at all and then there's this whole like greater scheme going on uh with cameron diaz's character who uh is just ends up being like just a very despicable person in a cast that's comprised of all despicable people but yeah yeah um i mean if anything, like, I feel like even if someone walked out of this movie and was just like, I didn't like it, 
it's like okay if it wasn't their taste or whatever if it wasn't to their liking i guarantee you that you will remember scenes in this film (laughs) at least one in particular (laughs) at least one maybe at least two i'll Uh, give you two i I would i would say the scene where probably that you probably assumed that i was thinking just now and the opening scene uh the opening scene no but also well, the... the opening scene for the audience uh it was all old people in, in my <laughs> screen when i saw it and yeah uh there was a lot of uh, reaction to the way this film opens i think people yeah. were not necessarily prepared for um for a little fast bender dining out <laughs> yeah for a lot of little fast bending um, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah I, I would say that 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 scene was pretty uh but that but that that scene is completely normal and tame compared to the 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 scene that Cameron Diaz has later on. Oh yeah, yeah, that that's the initial scene that I, that yeah, I was when I said at least scene one I, scene. That's the scene I'm thinking of, and also the scene. Um, there's a lot of decapitating in this movie, so like the second one that happens near the end, that was another. I mean, like those those moments, I feel like will like you will remember those. More so than, like, if you went and saw, um, you know, just, like, a generic whatever movie. Yeah. Uh, um, you'll remember those things more than just... I mean, there's a lot of, like, very stark imagery, too. And obviously, like, you were joking, or we were joking in the beginning about the the bodies in the formaldehyde. But that's, like, another thing where it's, too, you're like, remember when, like, Hank and John Leguizamo were talking <laughs> about the, the I body that, in like... the barrel? <laughs> I mean, uh, like, you will not forget that scene. Like, that's just something there. And, like, I love that, like, that scene exists. Like, in any other regular thriller movie or whatever movie of this type, that scene would never happen yeah. at all. Um, also, the scene where the the one, like, I guess he was a hitman, the hitman dude who comes in, he just measures the bike. I mean, that scene would never happen either. Yeah. Like, I, I liked all those little moments and, like, the, you know, putting, like, the little tracker gizmo back in the car and like him setting up that like wire obviously we see it in the trailer of the motorcycle accident but like all those things like really added to like the whole i don't know to my enjoyment of it and also brad pitt is uh pretty badass in this movie yeah it's, it's like weirdly funny like i i i was laughing in uh, a lot of mo- like javier bardem is funny in this oh, he's amazing in this Oh yeah, he in a very dark way. Um and Brad Pitt uh is funny too. Uh I mean there's there's a lot to to take away from it. And there's a lot. I mean, I think this is uh, the other thing I was going to think of or uh, the other thing that made me think of uh was that Ridley Scott, uh, I don't know if it was advertent or inadvertent, but like it really felt like he was paying tribute in a way to his brother Tony um because this at times felt like a Tony Scott, like nineties movie. Um, and he had a lot of players f- who were in Tony Scott movies, obviously Brad Pitt, um, John Leguizamo, Edgar Ramirez, who showed up randomly as the priest. Um, <laughs> th- those were, I mean, like I just, it just didn't seem like it was just like, it, it seemed like it was, they were picked because of that. And I don't know if that was, like I said, I don't know if that was advertent or not. But there was a lot of it that felt that way. And obviously, um, like, I was joking to my girlfriend after the movie. I was like, yeah, like, if you thought No Country for Old Men was hard to follow, like, this is, like, this is, like, completely more hard to follow than that. Um, Because it it does have, like, a similar, obviously, it's based on, um, you know, 
a book by McCarthy, but like they all, they have the same style where it's like everything's not spelled out and it's not really spoon fed to you. And it has that kind of slow pacing. Yeah. Um, and Javier Bardem is in both of them, but it, it has that same sort of methodical approach to uh, unconventional approach to the, you know, that kind of genre. So yeah. Anyway, I've been talking, so <laughs> I've right. said I've stated my case. Well, I'm going to both surprise and uh, confirm your thoughts going into this mm. review. Um, I I honestly just really really enjoyed watching this movie. Um, it uh, I mean for obviously most of the reasons that you say uh, um, the this feels like a if i mean the the writing in this film feels like the writing of somebody who is just showing off great character work and great individual scenes and in great um moments um yeah every, everything from like uh conversations that foreshadow events later on to just moments of dialogue between people that are seemingly inconsequential to the story as it is but still play into the mindsets of the characters and um, just seeing the way different characters play off of, of, of it, taking what little story we have about the backgrounds of characters and, and just uh, pulling that out of the way they interact with each other and stuff like uh, the the presentation of the film is 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 awesome. It's 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 enjoyable. It's funny. It's intriguing. Like you I, I know what you meant, but uh, I, I know. Sorry, let me. I know what you meant when you were saying that it's kind of showing the mundane aspects of the criminal underworld, but like it in, in a way, like I, I don't think it is the mundane. It's, it's the interesting, it's the intriguing part. It, it's, I yeah. mean, we, we see so, so many movies where like we have this blank slate killer who arrives on the scene. I mean the, you know, the, the assassin with the, the cable, um, he's yeah. sort of a blank slate guy and we don't get a lot from him other than his, his methodologies and like his uh, research and stuff like that. But I mean, for the most part, the other characters, like we're not we're, we're getting like every time they're on screen it's not what they're doing it's how they're interacting with each other as they're doing like the obviously this film is about a drug deal that is happening some people have partnered together to smuggle drugs and what we're watching for the most part is not the planning or the deal it's the characters after everything's been set up kind of talking about it and just discussing what they're going to do with like, like, I mean, obviously Brad Pitt's character is sort of like, these are the situations and this is how things normally work. But yeah. uh, Javier Bardem's character, as he's interacting with Michael Fassbender, like they're mostly just talking about like their lives and how things are going to be and, and whether or yeah. not they're involved. Like, so we're not really seeing the action set, set pieces and like the main, um, uh, plot that you would normally see in a drug drug deal related film uh we are seeing the characters who are facilitating this thing happening back in their normal lives doing their things while this is going on and as that stuff starts to go more and more awry we are seeing how they deal with the knowledge that things are going awry so it's it's really kind of flipping the whole the whole drug deal gone bad type of film on its head a little bit um for for both good and bad, uh, the on on the opposite side of the coin. Besides really really enjoying the film, I I do feel uh, that like 
it's like any individual scene that I watch, I'm like, this is this is like awesome. This is a really well made, well written moment of time. And then like the longer it is since my sitting down and watching the film and the more I think about the story of the film, I'm like, we don't really have any information at all. I mean, Michael Fassbender, like obviously the the this drug deal, um, once the drugs are 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 smuggled in to America, the it, it's a the score is potentially around the twenty one million dollar mark. So obviously, Fassbender is uh, you know hoping to take a chunk of that for himself. And you know you were saying we 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 don't really know whether he is like hard up for money or if uh, he is just super greedy or, or what the deal is going on with him. But you know we see him buy a wedding ring, which is uh, some ungodly amount of money that conveniently yeah. they write into the story that the one person who's going to find out how much it's worth asks not to know how much it's worth. Um, so we know that he has access to money. But on top of buying that insanely priced ring that's probably in the hundreds of thousand dollars range, maybe I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah. And obviously somebody who saw the movie that knows anything about diamonds, which I clearly don't, will be like, no, that's only this much. But that, <laughs> or that, more, yeah. Yeah, that's beyond the point, though. But like, so, it's, so he has really expensive ring. But apparently, Fassbender is the one supplying the money for the deal, because everybody keeps asking him, like, "Are you in? Are you in? Are you in?" And then he's like, "Yes, I'm in." And they're like, "Okay, well," and he's like, "Oh, I'll have the money by Thursday." So there is clearly he is somehow getting money. I'm a guess. I'm guessing for the initial purchase of the drugs. Or just to pay the people who are transporting it. Like we we don't have enough information to really tell how well this story is conceived, or whether it's just an exercise in writing really interesting characters. So it's on the one hand, I think this is a really really well written story, and on the other hand, I think there is zero plot in this film. Um, or if I mix those two words I always confuse plot versus story but like it's it's written well and not written so well at the same time it's because I mean it's it's like overwritten and underwritten at the same time because I mean there is a plot but it's not the focus like it's not what the movie's focused on yeah and, and and that's that's not necessarily a bad thing but it's like when you're coming up with really interesting scenarios that cause this to go awry um, you kind of have to, I feel like it, it, I almost wish that we would have seen zero of the actual, uh, so like for the most part, we are sticking with Fassbender and, um, Javier Bardem and, uh, Brad Pitt's characters as they're learning stuff, but we're also jumping back and forth to the people who are, um, intercepting the drugs. And yeah. I almost feel feel like i don't know if this would have been better or worse but like by by giving us that flip side of it but not giving us any information about that like we find out who is kind of in charge of that event as it's taking place and we see the people who are doing those things but we don't really ever get to see like why or how or like there's not really a lot of explanation of what's going on other than like, hey, something's wrong. Now the cartel is after us. We have to deal with this right now. And while the interaction with the cartel and them dealing with that is is pretty pretty intense and, and well crafted, I don't necessarily buy how 
like I don't understand the inner workings of what's going on and not just in I don't feel like oh if I was smart enough I could figure this out I feel like that is completely absent it's just that I don't know does that does that make sense I mean there's definitely it definitely does feel absent but like I said I think that they weren't necessarily concerned with whether or not those elements were like completely conveyed like I don't know like I feel I feel like the movie definitely has rewatch value because there's something to be to be gotten out of like all of that you know all the like speeches and like pontificating that everybody does uh in between scenes and stuff but uh and I feel like maybe there is like you could maybe like connect your own dots as to like what's going on but like it none of that really bothered me per se like it didn't really take away from my enjoyment of the whole thing well no, that's what i'm saying though is like it didn't take away from my enjoyment of the film but reflecting back upon the film after leaving yeah. is when it like it it's it's sort of like this really great film that doesn't hold up that well to after the fact uh not criticism, but like after the fact, uh, like scrutiny, like, like scrutiny, just yeah, like just, if you shine a light on it and pick it apart, I guess. Yeah, it's like any point that, like, it, it, no, it's, it's the opposite of that. It's it's, it's if you this film is sitting in a dark room and you have a flashlight, and when you point the flashlight at any part of the film, you're like, oh, sweet, that looks pretty great. <laughs> and then when you turn on the lights and you look at the whole thing then you start to be like oh i'm gonna turn the lights back off and shine the light again like (laughs) you know what i mean like it's 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 a well-crafted presentation of a not fully thought out thought if that makes sense yeah i it, it 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 almost feels like a play really or like uh i heard someone someone online joked saying that like every acting class from here till the end of time is going to like revel in like doing monologues from this movie. Uh, you know, it just, it feels like very, you know, like it's very rich acting pieces, but uh, it, it does feel very much like a play. Cause it's a lot of it is taking indoor, taking place indoors and it's just people, you know, kind of one on one on one giving speeches, you know, or two people in a scene talking with each other. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to like jump back real fast and say like, yeah, uh, about the, I mentioned about like, it all feels like this, this is like the mundane aspects of uh, legal activity. Um, I, I guess like, yeah, like it's mundane. Like, I, I guess what I was trying to, to convey was that like, it doesn't glorify this whole world you know of this this whole crime uh criminal underworld like it doesn't present in a way that's like flashy or anything yeah it's it's very matter of fact and it's yeah it's it's very like yeah yeah. it's very matter of fact and it's very like this is what these people do like this is their job this would be like you know them going to this is like their version of an office job or something you know like that's just what they do yeah for like for instance there's there's a scene where a character um takes a bullet wound somewhere and in a normal movie he'd be like on like a walkie-talkie or a phone yelling and then like speed away really fast and just be crazy this guy plugs a hole in something (laughs) 
sits in the driver's seat, puts the car into gear, and just slowly drives away like everything's normal. Yeah, like everything's cool, and then he gets stitched up later by yeah. uh, it, it, yeah. it's, it's basically by a, like by a friendly local. It's it's like that character was like, damn it, I got shot again. Oh well, let, let's go get this taken care of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's no like, I gotta get to the hospital right now, or like he's got a buddy with him. He's just like, don't die on me, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to make it. <laughs> Good times. You know, I, I, yeah. I, oh, damn it. Like, I, I want to, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I don't really, I, I want to avoid spoilers for the film, I guess. But like, I don't even have a, a real spoiler. I have a, what I thought was going on, which wasn't, didn't turn out to be true. Yeah. Um, which I don't know if that's, it, it's only a spoiler. People's brain works the way my brain works. Screw it. I'm going to say it anyways. So, <laughs> okay. so I thought for a second watching the film that the people dicking with the thing that they were doing like a double fake out screw to where they had intercepted the drugs so that those people would be killed by the cartel and then we're going to deliver the drugs anyways and get all the money. <laughs> ah, that, yes. That's sort of what I thought was going on just because of the way they present the transporting of the drugs. Yeah. Um, so it, I, I, it's just funny that like, there is so little information in this film about what's actually happening that, like, that could be a literal, literal possibility. Like, by the end of the film, that didn't necessarily turn out to be true, but we didn't even see enough of truth to be able to understand that that may be false. Yeah. I don't know. I think there was... Yeah, I don't even want to say, because it might be a spoiler, but I feel like that was almost just, like, a cover... I don't know. What what ended up happening is definitely not what you just said. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, it. it... I mean, there's still like, yeah. I, I it's, yeah. I don't know. I won't say anything because I right. know that I'll say something I shouldn't. All right. Well, we we'll we'll, we'll just leave it at that then. Yes. <laughs> um. Are, are there any other things you'd like to bring up about the film? Uh, no, I don't, I don't know. All right. Uh, I don't think so. Then uh, what do you say we just get into our verdicts then? All um, right. Carson, if you were going to put this on a scale of must-see, uh, recommend with a caveat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or must avoid, what would you give it? Well, I'm going to give it a must-see because I know that there are definitely people out there that would enjoy this, um, but I would still be like, go see it, and then maybe someone will come back and be like, that was terrible. Why didn't you tell me to go see that? Um, but yeah, I don't I don't care. I'm going to give it a must-see. Um, yeah, this is in, in a weird area for me because like, even though the audience in my theater was older and uh, some of the stuff in it was probably shocking for them, right? Um, it seemed like while the film was going on, everybody was sort of into it. Um, yeah. Walking out, I don't know that everybody walked away thinking of it that fondly, but I, I rem- definitely feel moments where people were like, I could feel the vibe was positive in the theater. Um so I can I can I can see this as an easily detestable film to a lot of people, 
but yeah. but I, I I think that some people will like it. And like I said, I enjoy the hell out of it watching it. Um, I would watch it again, and I'd probably still enjoy it. Uh, I think the more I think about it after the fact, I I wish that there was more like more elaborated on and, and stuff to prove that the writing is as good as it felt watching it. Um, so I'm kind of just sort of all over the map. Like I, I wouldn't want to say, yeah, go see this movie cause you'll like it. And then have you be like, man, that was the worst piece of trash I've ever seen. <laughs> um, so I'm just gonna like do the cowardly thing and just run right down the middle and say, wait for rental. Um, like I don't, yeah, I'm just gonna say that. So there you go. Wait for rental. <laughs> well, I, um, I'd be interested to see what the older crowd thought because i feel like that this has this has like a similar ending to no country for old men where it like ends very abruptly and not in the way that like audiences would want it to so i don't know because i remember when no country for old men was out and like when i was working at the theater and people would come out and they're just like that ending was terrible and I was like, oh, well, I liked it. And then, like, I told them why, and they were just like, rawr, rawr, rawr. youngsters, you know, I don't know. But <laughs> did, did people stand up and go, just like Shutter Island? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, or like, why wasn't that more like Hitman? It's like, ugh. Uh, but yeah. So, but I, I'm, I'm surprised that, that, uh, you were not just like, must avoid this year's killing them softly or something. I was, I was, I was preparing myself for that. And and I I could see, oh yeah, that that, that was the one thing I was going to say too, is, uh, I feel like this, there's a, I think there's a lot of parallel between this and killing them softly because they are, they both films seem like they're trying to be somewhat philosophical about people in those um, genres of work. I don't, I don't know what yeah. to say. Like that line of shady business. Um, illegal and, activity. Yeah, illegal activity. And, and it seems like both films are trying to paint them in this way. And they're both kind of selling this message. Um, uh, you know, like, Killing Them Softly is, you know, talking about all this stuff. It's like, yeah, the economy sucks for us criminals, too. And then this right. film is, like, sort of talking about the, like, the uh, the decisions that you make and and the consequences of your actions and, like, preparing for the eventuality of, of where things are going and, like, understanding all this stuff. And, like, characters are, like, overtly stating themes of the film to each other. And they, they both have a similar feel, but Killing Them Softly... Uh, while I think the full narrative works more cohesively with itself, um, I don't think the individual moments are as entertaining as this film is. Like this film, this film seems like it was doing what Killing Them Softly was doing uh, better, other than the fact that I don't think it really um, is necessarily leading to anywhere just because of what little we get to know about different things like it's so much of the film is ambiguous while in killing them softly so much of it is just like right there in front of you and they both Mm. have similar feels to it about the way they handle their subject matter but i think this is just much more entertaining in the way it does it so what you're saying is as opposed to the counselor killing them softly has zero charisma has what has zero charisma oh (laughs) 
Carson. <laughs> Sorry. You, for, first of all, in addition to once again trying to tr- transition. Um, Just so we wouldn't forget. Skype like cut out. Right. Uh, damn know. it. Like I, I, I just got. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> what? Um, but anyways. Uh, uh, it's trying. It's trying to fool us again. Yes. Obviously. Carson. Anyway, that was our uh, again our non-smooth transition over to the 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 other movie. Yes. Yeah, so obviously, if you guys listen to the show, you know that uh, I I had Kurt Jackson on to review a little film called uh, Zero Charisma, and we had a, a a brief little two-hour conversation about nerd culture. And uh, <laughs> Carson has seen Zero Charisma now, so um, you wanted to say some stuff. Well, I was just going to say that um, I didn't really know anything about Zero Charisma um, until uh, uh, you post. No, well, beforehand I had seen like some things online, but it was weird because like I was like reading up on the movie and then like you guys posted that review and I was like, oh, that's weird. (laughs) Um, And like, uh, yeah, but like I had like no idea uh, about it. And, um, so then, um, you know, I l- was listening to the review and they were saying like, uh, I basically just took the challenge and the fact that like, I think you said something <laughs> like, well, I'm pretty sure Carson wouldn't like this movie. So but I was I, like, all I, right, I think well, I said, I'm pretty sure Carson would not care to see this movie. Yeah. Something like that. Something to that effect. And like, I had seen like a, there was a, a blurb on Rotten Tomatoes from Matt Singer, the critic. And like I, I typically like I like his stuff. I like typically agree with him. And he mentioned something in his review about um, he compared it to the movie uh, Big Fan with Patton Oswalt. Right. And I, I really, really liked uh, that film, which was also about a subject that I'm have really no interest in, which was you know sports. But uh, I think the I think what Zero Charisma and Big Fan d- do is that. They're both about, you know, specific subjects, but they're really not about the subject. They're about, you know, the the characters who are obsessed with these uh, subjects. And that's why, like, you know, I really like Big Fan is because it's about the guy who just, you know, it's about his obsessiveness with sports. And um, I feel like this movie is very similar to that film. Uh, it's not uh, as dark, but... Um, I, I mean, I still really enjoyed it. Like, I even though like I've never played uh, like any kind of RPG game or like Dungeons and Dragons or anything like that. Like, yeah. Um, you know, I do like I know of it. Like, I remember there was a guy in my in my film class. Uh, he was really into Dungeons and Dragons, and like he tried to uh, like assemble. Like he <laughs> forever like he like forever talked about like. Yeah, we all just got to get together and play like an awesome round of Dungeons and Dragons, and I was like, I mean, like, cool, man. Like, I'm up for it. Like, I've never played it before, but like, I'll, you know, I'll do it, and it never happens. So, I was kind of like, ah, like I, I missed out. And um, so, really, but, you're just bitter that, that yeah, we got together. But yeah, but um, so like, I never had like a like I've never played, but like I got, you know, I, I think the movie isn't about that like it's about the guy's you know uh obsession with 
those games um, with that world. And obviously, if you are a fan of of those kind of games, there's probably a lot. You know, it's probably a lot. There's a lot more to take in. But like, I still thought it was like funny. Um, like, I still think the humor like comes across even if you don't know anything about that world. Like, I, I don't think it's alienating really to 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 like a general like maybe not general audience but like i think if you sat like like a you know an avid moviegoer down like i think they could still enjoy it and get something out of it um uh yeah i mean like i i like i mean and also the other thing is that like you guys are talking about like ah oh, like the, the character the, the main guy is like he's not really likable and he's kind of unsympathetic and i was like well that's like that's right up my alley like i <laughs> i love movies with so what you're saying is that you're unlikable and unsympathetic <laughs> i mean well i mean i like movies that have characters like that like i uh, i mean i i feel like um this movie is kind of like a lighter version of movies that have similar characters like young adult or uh, Eastbound and Down or Observe and Report. Like, I think that yeah. it's definitely a lighter version of that. I mean, that I, I did appreciate the fact that they still touched on, like, um, some dark themes and, like, they didn't really glorify this kind of geek culture. They, like, showed it exactly, like, how it is in some regards, you know? Like, because I feel like there are people like that, you know? Yeah. yeah. And they did not sugarcoat the fact that there are people like that. And they just presented this dude exactly how he was. And, like, I, I appreciated it for that. Like, I think that... And that, that guy who was the main character, like, he was really, really good in that role. Like, I thought he nailed, like, like being being like unlikable and also likable almost in like the same moment because you're like kind of rooting for him but then you're just like eh. but then you're just kind of like cringing at certain times but then you kind of want to see him succeed but then in the end uh, i was like i was glad that they didn't you know they didn't pull any punches it wasn't just like well he's changed at the end it's like no like somebody like that i don't think would change so. yeah so it sounds like the 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 narrative of the film totally works for you as far as it goes Obviously, you didn't necessarily pull all the same themes that that Kurt Jackson and I did when we were watching it because you're not necessarily you're not the quote unquote main de- demographic for the film, but you are yeah. a human being who can conceive <laughs> of the construction of of the way this narrative is playing out. So it's like you one element of the film was missing for you, but that allowed, like, you probably have a completely different view of the film um, than than we did just because you didn't have that, that lens or that bias going in um, and you weren't paying attention to necessarily the ramifications of the cultural differences between the characters as much as the the actual story beats of the 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 battle between the two characters or, or whatever. Yeah. I mean, but I, yeah, I mean, I like, I think that the, but I think it's clearly obvious that the, the main guy, Scott is like the sort of like old, old school version of yeah. like what a geek is, you know, like, like he would be like a geek from like the eighties. Who's just like, I just want to be popular. And, you know, like he's fat and unemployed or whatever. And then like, he, you know, he doesn't have a girlfriend and all this stuff and he's bullied or whatever. Um, but, and then like the hipster dude, miles, he's sort of like the new age geek. Who's like a geek 
he's like just as much of a geek as the other guy but he's also like a socially like functioning normal human you know who can yeah uh you know he can throw the parties and all this and like have a girlfriend and which i think is more he kind of represents more of like nerd culture nowadays which i think it's completely acceptable like being a nerd is now acceptable and like it's all in the zeitgeist now you know yeah. and it's it's mainstream and um but the like the only thing i think that it kind of faltered was when they at least from my point of view was when so there's that the party scene near the end where it's like him and like he's all his hipster friends are over at his house yeah and like the one nerd he calls the one other uh friend of his to come help him and he's like all excited that he's getting a call from him then he's like oh he didn't invite me to this party like i feel like that that guy like i know what they were doing like story-wise like they needed that to create like the rift like they needed that for where the story was going but i felt like now like someone like miles i think would invite those guys to his party but they just would choose not to come like i just feel like that those guys would be like we're cool just staying at home like that's our thing like we don't want to like like i don't think like i don't see the nerds nowadays like i feel like that's still like a cliche where like all nerds just want to be cool you know like revenge and the nerds they want to like be just as cool as the jocks or whatever like i feel like they're like completely content being in their own world and just being you know like happy w- with what they're doing and everything yeah and th- th- this is this could you know turn into another two-hour discussion um so i'll just like try to stay really brief but that that is the the that that is the crux of the the long discussion i have with kurt is that is that uh you know the, the, our whole debate over the the merging of the two cultures is whether whether that is a good thing and like in in your example where you say like i think you you think that the the old school nerds are content being uh not not being popular not being a uh, uh, in that that crowd but when that crowd is infiltrating their solitude and then making that a popularized thing and it's like that is the discussion we were having was all about the treading of the territories and how the people who were fine over here are now surrounded by the people who are trying to make that widely available and then they're losing some sense of what they have kept sacred to themselves um so it's I, yeah, because I mean, like I, like I, I will, because I, I will say, like, because I didn't know what you guys touched upon, because like I started listening to like some of it and I stopped because I, like, I didn't want to, like, I wanted to try and, because I, by a certain point, I was like, all right, I'm gonna watch this movie and I like want to go in, yeah, yeah, yeah. like f- fresher than you know what I mean, like I didn't want to, I want to like come back after yeah. I had seen it so I know what's going on. Well, if if you if you listen to that second hour. <laughs> <laughs> it, it will we we dive into this but i, I think that um for me that phone call totally rang true and i know for kurt jackson it did also um and i and i think that i think it, I, it's interesting because my my assumption that the film might not play that well for other my, my main concern is that like i thought that maybe general audiences would just be like oh look at these nerdy geek guys how dumb they are this it's yeah. funny it's funny because you're making fun of them but it sounds like you um you enjoyed the struggle between those two characters and the comedy was from the situations, not necessarily, um, uh, you weren't necessarily laughing at them. You were laughing at the situational comedy. 
Yeah, I mean, like, there, you know, there is funny stuff in it, like the the whole, like, Millennium Falcon versus Enterprise debate that they have, and, like, um, yeah, like, I think that even if you don't, like I said, if you don't relate to, like, that world, you could kind of substitute, like, whatever obsession that you have, like, it, there, it still touches on, like, I think universal themes of, like, alienation and stuff like that, like, I, I, I think that, yes, there is there is that there is some stuff there that i think can be uh like substituted for you know their for the games and whatnot like i don't think it has to be i i don't know what i was trying to go at i'm i'm over explaining myself but yes well i i, I, th- I think I, gotcha. that you can, I think that you can put another obsession like as a substitute to the games and like still come across with like the same themes and stuff and yeah and, well that, that but that that's the thing is that there are there are deeper themes that if you're in on the issue yeah there there aren't completely analogous things in other obsessed groups of people like you there's yeah. no there's no like like there's no arguments between the people who were really into uh football back in the day versus the people who are really into fantasy football now and them arguing about who's a real true football fan like that doesn't really happen um, yeah uh so I, I that's not a perfect analogy but i mean there's definitely there's definitely more to gleam from the, this film if its main overall theme is something that you are debating anyways um but it sounds like for the most part, most of the main, like, seems like you picked up on everything that you were supposed to, but you just don't necessarily have a stance in some of those themes. So that played out differently for you than if you did have a stance in them. Yeah. I mean, there's, uh, yeah. I, I think that, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what I was, I lost my train of thought. again. <laughs> It's not you lose your train of thought. I mumble half the things and break down on yes. my sentences. It's we're a perfect team. But I think that uh, I mean I thought that it was a it was a good first feature film and that uh, it definitely uh, it it definitely was you know like I said I, I was glad that they didn't really kind of glorify it. They kind of showed it just as is and yeah yeah cool uh, well. Uh, we've already closed out the main review. This is our, our little secondary after-the-fact review. This is like when we have Steven on and he catches up on some film that we were debating about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's the end of this episode of the show. So, Carson, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, you can go to practicalcandy.wordpress.com. Uh, people can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get all the back episodes of the show. You can like us on uh, Twitter at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning to figure out when these episodes go live. Or like us at Facebook at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or call leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to The Counselor. So... Hopefully you're enjoying that. And, uh, yes. Never think about catfish the same way again. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Thanks for joining me, Carson. Uh, Yes, thank you for having me. And uh, thank you guys all for listening. We will see you next time.